Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to... MP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. You can follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa. Dot book. And as always, I am so glad you are here with me again. Don't know if your day is starting, ending. I don't know if you're curled up in a ball on the floor, if you're going on a hike, if you're driving, if you're laying in bed, if you're working, if you're cooking something, if you're drawing. Painting. I don't know what you're doing. But I'm glad you're here with me. Grateful that I'm sober and have no desire to drink today. That could change. That could change. We have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition, and that's it. going to jump right into the topic today, which is, is there a part of your sobriety, your recovery, that you leave God out of? You know, I've talked about it on here before. A lot of people believe that, like, over here there's work, over here there's recovery, over here there's my home life. They're all separate to a lot of people. They're not separate. They shouldn't be. But is there something, is there a part of your life that you leave God out of? What I mean by that is, Is there a part you will not relinquish? Is there a part that you're going to plan? Is there an area that you're just going to do your own thing? You're doing your own thing? Looking back at my life now, the times I was miserable in early sobriety are the times I was not giving everything to God. Yeah, I'll take all this seriously, but I still want to lust. Yeah, I'll take all this seriously, but I want to stay in this relationship. Yeah, I'll take all this seriously, but I'm going to steal this. Yeah, 
yeah, I'll take all this stuff seriously, but this one area here, I'm going to keep in the shadows. Do you have something like that? Because now that I'm not living life that way, the freedom is amazing. And I would not want to go back to that early sobriety where I was doing that. Where, you know, I'd be in a relationship and I did this several times, but I would be in a relationship that I really didn't want to be in. It was based on fear. Didn't want to be alone. Didn't want to hurt their feelings. Was worried about what everybody would think. Was worried about the things that would affect. So I stayed in some relationships I really shouldn't have been in. I was keeping God out of that, in a way, because it's, you know, it's fear-based. So is there, are there things like that? Is there one thing? Are there certain specific things? I mean, you know what they are. If you're doing that, part of your life is like that, I believe you are aware of the areas that you're leaving God out of right now as you're listening to me. Well, I'm in this relationship. I really shouldn't be in this relationship. Well, there's one thing I'm keeping from my sponsor. Well, there's this one thing that I'm doing. Like, do you take God with you to work? Do you really consider that God is your employer? Or do you consider the person who signs your checks to be your employer? If you're past step three. If you're not past step three, forget that question. But if you're past step three, how seriously are you taking it? been thinking a lot about that line in the third step as we thought well before taking this step step three making sure we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to God completely entirely not partially not somewhat not sporadically not but entirely doesn't mean we're always going to be able to do that. That's why we have the rest of the steps. But the decision can be solid. And then we just back it up with action as best we can. Maybe, you know, God's a, everywhere except in how I interact with my family. 
I'm not going to give them to God. I'm going to, they need my two cents, 10 cents. They need my instructions, guidance. And because my motives are good, um, I'll justify continuing to play God. Maybe it's that way with money. You know, I trust God and everything, but I was taught a long time ago, when I say but, just erase everything I said previously. <laughs> well, I trust God, but when it comes to money, I've got to... Essentially, I don't trust God. live by self-propulsion in that regard. But everything else he can have. But in that regard, I mean, you know, this is money we're talking about. God can't handle that. This is bigger than God. This is money. Maybe that's... Maybe that's it. Maybe. Or maybe there's just something you don't want to tell anyone. you're doing something, you just want to keep it in the dark. Or between you and another person who wants to keep it in the dark, too. Another group or whatever. But I just want to throw it out there today. Have you, if you're past step three, have you abandoned yourselves utterly? Or is there an area of your life that you're Willingly, knowingly, keeping where you yourself are at the reins. Why is that a good thing to think about? Why is that a valuable question? Because the sincerity of the third step determines the rest of your experience. If you believe the big book, so it's a big deal. If I'm still playing God, every other effort of mine is going to suffer, be weakened, flickering, or non existent. So the sincerity with which I live step three and try to bring God into every aspect of my life will determine all of it. It's a big deal. Big deal, I think. That's why it is the keystone. that holds it all together so you know consider this like a keystone check is that keystone properly in place is it really in there or 
areas of my life where I'm still playing God. And if this is the time when you're thinking, well, it's progress, not perfection. You know, don't go overboard with this. I feel bad for you if that's what you're thinking. I really do. You're making a decision, if that's the case, to keep the bar somewhere low. Makes God small. This has nothing to do with being perfect. This has nothing to do with maintaining perfect adherence to these principles, but having made a somewhat sincere decision to do the third step, a half-assed decision to do the third step, and a sincere decision to do the third step. I feel like it's something I can talk about. There is a difference. There's a difference. Just maybe there's something to let go of or do or fix. Come clean about. Maybe. Maybe there's something that you haven't given to God that you want to give to God now. Maybe. It took me a long time, honestly. There was stuff that, uh, you know, took me a long time to let go of. I really want to do God's will. And uh, I really do want to find God in all of my activities, all of the um, areas of my life. I want to bring God into all of them. I really do. I've become convinced that that's... Um, that God's plan is way better, that... Uh, Selfishness has nothing good to offer. I think I've talked about um, selfishness in terms of uh, it being like a sleazy public defender. My selfishness is like a sleazy public defender on Law and Order. Your Honor... Your Honor, my client doesn't need to apologize. Your Honor, my client doesn't need to disclose this. He's been sober for a while. He's done a lot of good already. He doesn't need to go above and beyond right here. I object, Your Honor. Your Honor, have we even seen God? I mean, all this talk about God. Like, is there a God? I mean, is there proof, Your Honor? I object to this whole line of questioning. Your Honor, my, my, my client has told people almost everything. 
He certainly doesn't need to... I mean, don't tell me that we have to be perfect here. Don't tell me that every single fucking thing has to be disclosed to someone. I object, Your Honor. Oh, a thorough third step? Your Honor. That sounds so arrogant, that idea. Oh, you could just do a perfect... I guess you'd be floating. I guess we're talking about Gandhi, Your Honor. Is my client supposed to be Gandhi? It's progress, not perfection. If you're so in love with the book, Your Honor. I rest my case, Your Honor. My client does not need to be wrong again. My client doesn't need to raise his hand and say it's all him again. He just did that yesterday, Your Honor. He doesn't need to do it again. He's been sober for a while now. Your Honor, my client's had a long day. He doesn't have to be nice to everyone in his life. He's had a hard day, Your Honor. It's progress, not perfection. So he snapped a little bit at his wife. So he called his kid a fucking asshole. So his kid's six months old. I, I object, Your Honor, to the, to the questioning here. Your Honor, life is not going to be all roses, okay? My client has a right to be a fucking asshole sometimes because shit didn't go his way, okay? He's a good person. He's been sober for a while. He, he takes this stuff seriously enough. I object. Do you relate to any of that? Yeah, I bet you do. I have a feeling you relate. I have a feeling I'm not alone with the sleazy public defender slash ego slash self-centeredness defender who probably lives inside you too. But he's shrunk. I'll give him the floor very often and I ask him to sit down as soon as I know who's talking hate him. He has one objective, and that's to keep his job. He's never, ever, ever really trying to help me. Trying to keep me separate from God, and that's all he's trying to do. So, anyways, he can go fuck himself. On that, (laughs) I'm out of here. I am going to go try to live a life that was worth saving, and I hope you'll do the same. Thank you.